It's my podcast today. Change, change, change. Of course we're talking about change. Of course, why not? So, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth, too. Here's my podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Andre Anderson. I am both host and founder of BSTL. What does BSTL stand for? By now, you got to know that it means building something that lasts. So anyways, I hope you've had a really good week uh, since the last time I, I had a chance to speak with you. Um, but guess what? I'm so excited. And I know I keep saying it week after week, but you just have to know that when you begin to see your dream become a realization, there's something really exciting about that. So let me tell you why I'm excited this week. I'm going to share two different countries that we have uh, jumped into now, and I'm excited about that. Number one, we are in uh, Manchester. That's in the United Kingdom, right? So we're over there with the bougie people. And I like the bougie people. I got some family over there as well. But guess what? Welcome, Manchester. And then guess what else? We are also in Israel now. I was taking a look at some of the analytics there, and it looks as though BSTL is now in Israel. Now, the reason why that's important for both countries is, you know, during this pandemic, we have not been able to travel so much, right? And of course, it's good uh, that our podcast is able to go to some places that we have not been able to get to yet. Uh, But I know that physically, we're going to be in some of these spaces soon um, by the time we get out and around and about from uh, this pandemic. So just be patient. We're patient here at BSTL, and we hope that you are being patient as well. So guess what? We do have another conversation that we'd like to have this evening with you. And here's the conversation. Where did everyone go? So if you're writing it down, I'll just repeat it one more time. Where did everyone go? So I'm going to tell you that um, every now and then I like to have meetings uh, in a restaurant. And I had a business meeting not too long ago um, to discuss some things with BSTL in terms of where we're going and some things uh, that we need to cover off on. And by the way, I should just say this today um, so that you can mark it down uh, because we hope to do it both virtually and in person. Last year, we had our first um, annual leadership conference, and we're going to do it again uh, in May of 2023. So please uh, put that in your notebook um, so that you can know exactly when to look out for it. There will be some details that come out soon. Um, But anyways, in this meeting, I went to one of my favorite restaurants. I won't tell you where because some of you guys are going to show up, right? Because you're like FBI agents. But this place, I like it, okay? Um, And I really like it because their food is always consistent, right? So what happens is I arrived there. My business partner, uh, we're sitting there having uh, some conversations about things that need to be taken care of and some projections and some other things based on some benchmarking. And let me tell you, I I need to say this. Uh, We don't always give uh, the wait set staff, those that serve uh, in these restaurants, enough credit, okay? We just don't. Like, we don't big them up enough. And I understand, usually when we talk about leadership, we're talking about the person in the corner office, the person with the pointy shoes and the tailored suits. But let me just tell you, in your company, if you don't pay attention to the people that are boots on the ground, those that are... Uh, front and center, and those are the people that are speaking on your behalf, they are smiling on your behalf, they are waiting on your behalf. If you don't come to a place where you acknowledge that you are nowhere 
without your frontline workers, workers, you're going to be in trouble. So anyways, um, at this business meeting that I was at, you know, just talking some strategies and some plans that will be unfolding in the near future, uh, we were able to get this guy. And let me just tell you, I've been to a lot of restaurants, um, bougie restaurants, McDonald's restaurants, and everywhere in between. Hands down, this guy has to be one of the best um, servers I have ever encountered in my whole entire life. And that's one of the reasons why I don't want to tell you where I went, right? Because if I tell you where I went and I go there, number one, you're going to be there. And that's okay. I don't mind. Um, But if he's serving you and unable to deal with me, then that's where we're going to have a problem. So anyways, here's what happens. Um, Can't even remember what his name is. He comes over to the table and he's just like warm and friendly and you know he just says all the stuff and he's not talking too much nor is he talking too little it's almost like he has this gift and ability to read the room so start off with some appetizers and some stuff to drink Uh, nothing alcoholic so please don't come for me Uh, but as we're sitting there we put in our order and here's one of the things that I discovered about his style Um, he was there like often early in this meeting that's happening in the restaurant and he's got a lot of questions and a lot of smiles and he was very witty and really had a really great um, sense of humor Um, but by the time the laptop and the surface come out and uh, pens and pads are out and there's a lot of conversating that's happening one of the things that I realize is is that he comes and he makes sure that the order is taken Uh, He makes sure that all of the information that he needs from us is taken. He comes back a couple of times to refill on the water and the drinks, etc. And then once um, I'm in this meeting, which is a very intense meeting, I don't see him so much, right? And so here's the thing, right? Out of that experience, I wanted to kind of have this conversation around what it really means to lead and lead well. And again, I'm not saying that I have the absolute answer on this thing because there are a lot of different leaders that have uh, a different way of leading and and guiding the organization. Um, So there isn't one way, but I'll tell you this. I think that this way actually does really work well. So what happens is, is that on the front end, of course, he's there to make sure that we're comfortable, uh, make sure that he takes everything that we need. And then as the food comes out and we begin to eat, he begins to move everything out of the way to create the space for this business meeting that's happening. And of course, I began to think about my own type or style of leadership that is still in the process of growing and developing. What I begin to realize is that he leaves, uh, not because he's been paid already, uh, not because he's so busy with other tables, but he leaves because now that he's done his part, He kind of has to back away to allow for this meeting to happen organically. He's done everything that he can to ensure that it's been a fun and pleasurable moment. Um, But he's backing away now because now some other work that needs to happen, it's going to have to happen without him. Okay, so what does this have to really do with leaders now? So one of the things that we talked about in a previous podcast is this idea that as leaders, when we usually engage an organization or when new employees come on staff at whatever level it is, all the way up through the management team, 
we do give a lot of time and attention uh, towards those that are a part of the organization. As time goes along, some of us have a tendency to completely move away and leave uh, people completely to themselves to kind of figure out how they're going to do things. But then you also have other leaders that will always, from day one all the way through, they're always going to be there. As a matter of fact, they'll be there even when you don't call because their idea is, is that I need to make sure that I'm there. Uh, and some people call it micromanaging. I don't know if I agree with that as a term because when I think about uh, micromanagement in terms of how we often use it, we often use it in that way to say that somebody is being overly intrusive and they're not uh, giving enough space. So I don't know that I love the term micromanagement in the way that it is uh, used historically. But one of the things that I've come to discover is, is that as leaders, uh, after a while, we do kind of need to take a little bit of a step backwards. And let me just say, say why. How will you know whether or not you have helped and mentored and tutored and led and empowered if you don't see what people are able to do in your absence? And I get it, right? So here's the thing, right? Especially uh, when we have hired somebody on or we have picked somebody out of the group and said, this is going to become my new team lead or my new supervisor or my new manager or my new VP or whatever the title may be. It's almost like you have this humongous investment in that person and you want them to do well and you want them to thrive and you want them to do better than everybody else because that person is going to carry your name because you're the one that would have said, why don't we give Andre a chance? But here's the thing, if we're to be honest, right? And at BSTL, we are very honest. Uh, the reality is that sometimes we don't back away primarily um, because if they don't do so well, we often see it as a slight on who we are, right? So uh, we, we crowd and we hover and we helicopter over some of these individuals that we have helped to promote, um, not so much because we want to see them do well. We just don't want them to make us look bad. And let me just say this. I think that that's a tough place to be. If you are so concerned about how they're going to make you look to the point where you're not willing to allow them to grow and make mistakes, and maybe that's okay. So this idea that after a while, once somebody uh, settles in and after you've trained them and after you've given them the tools that they require in order to do their job well, the reality is we need to take a step back. Uh, and not a huge step back. I mean, close enough that you can still observe what they're doing, but far enough away that you're not going to become their security blanket. And oh, I know what this looks like, right? So anytime there are leadership changes in any organization, uh, whether it's you that's moving or somebody else is moving, um, the reality is you do like it when the door knocks and somebody says, I can't seem to figure it out for the life of me. And I know that we like to come out and we like to log in under our own passwords and show them how simple it was. All you needed to do was go into that uh, screen and that screen and then you hit F3 and then you hit print and voila, the, the, the problem is solved. But the problem with that is that whenever it is that we keep coming out because people can't do it without us, we will sooner or later cease to function in what we're supposed to be doing 
because now you're over their shoulder constantly. And because you're over their shoulder constantly, what you don't realize is you're now beginning to do two different layers of work simultaneously because you still got to do your work, but you also now are really doing their work. And here's the thing. You, you both are becoming codependent. Uh, you're, you're now leaning on them because you want them to look good because you've developed them and you've trained them. But at the same time, they're also leaning on you because maybe they get to say if there is a mistake that's made, well, I didn't do that because Andre has been working with me and he showed me exactly what I need to do. And so maybe here's what I'm also saying as part of this conversation is that we've got to be okay if somebody doesn't look so good after we've mentored and trained and taught them how to do specific things because that also allows us to grow as leaders. I actually think that it is a compliment uh, when you as a leader are able to train somebody to the point where after a while, aside from saying good morning and or good evening or just checking in to see how you're doing, they don't really need you after a while. I actually think that that's a compliment because at the end of the day, don't you really want to be able to say that I keep training people that don't need me? As a matter of fact, I'll even go as far as to say this. You may actually train them so well <clears throat> that they may actually even become your superior at some point. And that's okay, too, because there are going to be individuals that um, be become a part of our organizations that will ultimately become so bright and so good at what they do that they may surpass you. But it doesn't mean that you're not still one of the brightest and the best. It just may mean that they have other aspirations and things that they would like to do. And part of that may be rising to a certain level in that company that may surpass you even though you're the one that has trained them. So here's the other thing that I realized as I'm in this business meeting in this uh, restaurant and I'm really admiring the service that's coming um, from this, uh, this male server. One of the things that I really appreciate about him is that he was also close enough if I needed something more for him to deliver to the table, but far enough away that he was not intrusive. And I think that that's kind of the, um, the, the, the place, that, that medium, that the balancing act that I think we have to kind of develop a little bit better as we lead people, right? So you don't want them to feel as though they have become uh, invisible and just another employee number, but at the same time, you don't want to be in a space where they, they can only navigate difficult and tough moments because you're standing right beside them. So let's talk a little bit about what does it look like then in terms of leading, when we are trying to empower individuals, you've got to come to them, but not as frequently as when they started. And let me maybe say it a different kind of way. I think one of the things that we forget is that every time we come, we're making a statement. And what we're making um, as a statement, especially when we show uh, the individual how easy it was to troubleshoot and problem solve that thing, the more frequently we come, we may actually be taking away from their confidence because other people that have trained other individuals, they're not coming around as much, right? They've been there for months and years, and whoever trained them might say hi, ask them how they're doing in passing, 
but they're not around them because really the testament of a good leader is when I can leave you for an extended period of time and know that you're going to be okay. So what is it that we're doing? We're just checking in. We have to learn that the check-in is just as valuable as the training and the development. We want to check in with them to see how they're doing, see how they're developing. The reason why we want to continue to do that is sometimes those that are accustomed to the hands-on, when you leave them to to themselves, it can be a little bit overwhelming. So the check-ins that I'm encouraging that we would do for these individuals that we have trained and developed and mentored is to help them to understand you are not alone. Now, with that being said, We also know what some of the blind spots are for some of the individuals that we train and we develop when they become a part of our organization. I'm also going to recommend and maybe state it this way, that when we do come to help them, we need to ask them about the areas that we know that they may not be confident in, right? So they may be able to do 80% of what they do extremely well, You're not coming to check in on them on the things that we know that they're going to exceed and excel on. No, no, no. You want to check in on the things that you know that they may struggle with. Like maybe they don't speak to people well. You want to ask them, how are your conversations going with those that you have to engage in? If you know that they are individuals that may fall a little bit behind in some of their reporting and some of the information that they may have to log, I mean, you know, it all depends on what your organization is all about. But the reality is you're not checking in on the areas that they are strong, but you are checking in in the areas where you know that they may have some challenges. But finally... Uh, And I loved when the uh, waiter did this thing. Uh, You know, I thought it was probably by far the most brilliant moment um, of the overall evening from his perspective as one who was serving our table. One of the things I really enjoyed about him is that when he slowed down in coming to see how we were doing, when he finally came at the end, he began to talk about life, ask us, how our lives were, how are things going, what are we doing in the meeting. And, you know, when he did that, um, as I reflect about this thing, I realized that he was also humanizing um, us. Even though we are patrons uh, to to the restaurant, he was humanizing us to, to the point where he wanted us to know that, yeah, I do appreciate the fact that you purchased this food and I'm glad that you bought some extra things. And I'm sure he was hoping to get a tip and he was tipped Um, handsomely, but I like the fact that he humanized us. He wanted to get to know us a little bit better, and I think that this is um, one of the struggles and one of the challenges, and maybe for me, uh, let me speak for myself. I'm a little bit of a type A personality, and so I'm often driven, driven by getting the things done, getting the stuff done, and I may have a tendency at times to see whether or not, hey, this is what we said we were going to do, And this is what we need to finish. Uh, Have we finished it, right? Because I've often got this list of things that I'm checking off um, periodically to make sure that we are on task to get to where the mission and the vision and the core values are supposed to be taking us. But this guy just reminded me one more time that sometimes you can take a break from the process of what is being done to ensure that we don't stop seeing people as humans but we see them 
um, as people who have real lives that go beyond uh, the time that they give us when they come into the office, whether they're working uh, in the office space or remotely from home. I think it's important that we are able to, uh, from a distance, make sure that they're okay. And I mean, like when you train and you develop people, you do become um, able to understand them a little bit more. When you're training them and developing them and mentoring them, they will say things that will kind of resonate with you and stay with you. And sometimes they don't overtly say things. Sometimes they'll say something and you'll realize, hmm. I heard what they were saying, but they didn't finish that off. They kind of ducked underneath the conversation. And so sometimes what happens is while the training and the development are good things, the the hands in and the hands off are good things as well. Maybe I also want to say this. We've also got to know uh, the people that we are engaged with. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to solve all problems, right? Because when we lead people, you may not have the capacity uh, to lead all areas of their life, and you may not be able to help in all areas of their lives, but there also has to be a measure of sensitivity towards the people and the process that you are working in. And I know that I'm opening up a can of worms at the end of this conversation because there is a thin line, right? Um, And I need to say this in order to be balanced in what we're talking about today. There is a thin line because here's the thing. You've got to be able to be sympathetic enough as to what people are going through and still find a way to get the work done. And I know this part of the conversation may not be the easy part of it because uh, once we know what people are going through, sometimes we give people a pass and we don't hold them accountable because we say, well, they're going through some stuff. Maybe there's been Um, an illness or a death in the family, or maybe there are some financial challenges, or maybe there's some relational things um, that are happening. Yeah, all of those things are good, but we also have to teach those that we mentor and train how to be resilient while they are going through whatever it is that they are going through. Because here's what I've discovered. Um, As leaders, even though we try to present ourselves in a certain kind of way, there is always going to be somebody that is breathing down your back. Um, And they don't know that person that you're trying to shield and cover because you've trained them and you've mentored them. And when they look at the statistics and they say to themselves, well, Andre has not been performing well for the past year or two. Um, We need to get him some help, get him to HR, get him some additional training and development. And here's the thing. They don't know that Andre may be going through some other things simultaneously. But the reality is, if they have given training and development and all of these other pieces to help me to do better, to perform my job, the reality is at some point somebody's going to say he's not making the cut. And so as leaders, there is a fine line even between being sympathetic and nurturing and still making sure that we get the job done. And that's why you're always going to hear me say this. And I got this from a professor when I was at um, Andrews University. My goodness, I can't even call his name right now. Um, But he had this and both um, idea around everything that he taught us. You know, his idea uh, or the idea of what he was teaching us was we need to move away from this either or thing and we need to do an and both. And that thing really, and there's his name, Dr. Martin Hanna, it came back to me. And, and the reality is that as we grow as leaders, 
the good ones have learned how to do both of everything. And it doesn't mean that you ever get to perfection. And some of us may never get to that healthy balance, right? Because we're always trying to do this juggling act. But at the end of the day, I think that it is extremely important that we learn how to be with those that we are leading and not with them at the same time. And be okay with them not always coming to us whenever they need something because that is also a sign of growth. And finally, once they are doing what needs to be done, we need to humanize people. We need to help them to understand that we may care about them. And it's not that we're doing it, excuse me, as a form of pleasantries, but we're doing it because we actually feel that way. And when we do uh, show them this measure of compassionness, uh, compassion, is compassionness even a word? No. But when we show them compassion and we show them that we are invested in their whole life, I think long term the retention is going to be there. Like I really do believe, show me a place where people are leaving there's some challenges in, in training and development, and then I think that there are also some challenges in seeing the human being behind the workflow and the work process. So I hope this is giving you some things, some food to think about, some food for thought, because here's what I've discovered. When people stop knocking your door because they are beginning to find their own feet, we've got to be okay with it. We've got to move away from this kind of codependency that says who I train and who I develop, I always have them underneath my wing. Well, if you always have them underneath your wing, then that means it will be difficult for them to spread their own wings. And if they're not spreading their own wings, here's the reality, then they may never fly to the heights that may actually surpass you, even though you've poured into them. So guess what? If you want to have this conversation with me, feel free to send me an email, bstlinc21 at gmail.com. I hope you've had, a, you know, or at least enjoyed this conversation. I've enjoyed sharing it with you because I think we have to find a healthy balance. We need to mentor people and get them to a place where they don't need us for development, but then they, they, they will be able to grow with us as they continue to grow independently from us. Take care until next time. I hope you're doing well. Keep safe. Hi, everybody. This is The Recap. After you've led and mentored and empowered your team, as a leader, you must do the following when assessing where did everyone go. Number one, you must allow yourself to take a step back so that you can see whether or not your team is growing and developing under your leadership. Number two, as your team processes your training and development, allow them the space to make their own decisions while they are still growing. Number three, show compassion as you remind them that you are not just invested in their work life, you are also invested in their personal lives as well. Number four, teach your team how to be resilient. And part of that will happen through your own transparency as well as empowering them to go through their own struggles and creating their own leadership styles. That's all we have for this week. Take care, and we'll see you next week Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. Bye for now.